0: check out this career story you come to ottawa to work in politics in the early 2000s that leads to media that leads to digital assets that leads to co-founding one of canada's largest marijuana companies that eventually leads to invest ottawa who the heck has this fascinating career story stay tuned for more in this episode of techopia live Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Curran from the Ottawa Business Journal. Welcome to Techopia Live. This is a regular podcast from OBJ that features executives from next-generation technology companies and the established local players in the tech ecosystem, all with a goal of keeping the tech sector informed and connected. Listen, another episode, another great guest. It seems like we're blessed here in Ottawa with fascinating and successful people right here in our hometown to speak with. For today's guest, the road to entrepreneurship was not always a straight line. I think he might agree with that. Our guest came to Ottawa for some might say political reasons. Little did he know after working in federal politics for a few years that he would co-found a Gatineau-based marijuana company, that would reach, listen to this, almost $3 billion in valuation. And today, today's entrepreneur finds himself as the co-chair position at Invest Ottawa at an interesting time in the organization's history. Looking forward to today's discussion, let's welcome our guest right now. Please welcome Adam Miron. Thanks very much, Michael. I use my French accent, Miron. I love that. that uh, well you'd appreciate that as if, as running a Gatno based company, probably, right, Adam? <laughs> uh, yes. Thank all you. joking aside, it's great to see you, Adam. And I'm uh, very appreciative that you're spending some time here with us. Um, And we don't know each other that well adam uh and that's one of the reasons we're going to get to know each other in front of hundreds of people uh uh here so uh, i have done a lot of research adam before this but i'll get you to introduce yourself just so we get
1: the uh, backstory in your own words well thank you i appreciate the opportunity and obviously a big fan of the obj uh every time a name shows up it's like a very some of the very exciting events so thanks again Thank you. Uh, listen, I'm an Ottawa-based serial entrepreneur, started my first business when I was 10 years old, I made 100 bucks on a Saturday, and I've been hooked ever since. Uh, you know, I've had three exits. I was a co-creator of iPolitics, which sold to the Toronto Star. As you mentioned, I co-founded Hexo Cannabis with my brother-in-law, Sebastian St. Louis. I stepped down from my operational role when, you know, we had reached about 1,600 employees in public on the NICE and on the TSX. And I more recently scaled and sold Brain Trust, a fintech company. Uh, and you know, right now life is a little different. I don't have that one big project that is all-consuming. I'm getting to advise a handful of really interesting, exciting companies—some in my portfolio, some not—and uh, I get to sit on a lot of interesting boards. And so, you know, really happy with where things are.
0: Shall we say you feel unencumbered at this moment?
1: Yeah, I feel I do feel unencumbered. It is a <laughs> okay. it is an unusual feeling for an entrepreneur like okay. myself to to not have that one thing that you're worried about morning, afternoon, and night.
0: Let let me make a bold prediction: prediction that that's going to change. It, you know, <laughs> entrepreneurs always find the next best, uh, next big thing. I should say, Adam. So in- enjoy this qu- quiet time uh, you. while you have it. Um, one thing uh, in your uh, backstory, Adam, that really interested me is why you came to Ottawa. We're, we're gonna spend most of this uh, this interview talking about the marijuana uh, industry and your your position at uh, Invest Ottawa, but let's talk about why you came to Ottawa.
1: I appreciate that. You know, I, I grew up in very small towns in, in Western Canada. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any networks or relationships and uh, missing that and realizing that that could be a powerful tool in business and in life, Uh, I had always overheard my grandmother talk about these liberals, and it sounded like something really good. And so, you know, uh, from an early age, I became a a liberal party campus club member. I started a club in high school, and then, of course, in university, I belonged to the campus clubs. And as fate would have it, in early 2005, you know, it was this young Anglophone kid in Western Canada that was supporting Stéphane Dion. And there weren't many of us, to to put it one way. And, you know, lo and behold, 2006 liberal leadership election happens and Stefan gets elected leader of the Liberal Party Canada. And he called me up and offered me a job in Ottawa and said, I want you to come to Ottawa, be the national director for the federal liberal commissions. And And I kind of thought about it and I said, well, this isn't really what I want to be doing because I don't really plan on having a lot of jobs, but I thought this is a great way to meet people. This is a great way to build a Rolodex and really a great way to sort of, you know, break out of the little shell that I was in. And, and it was a wonderful opportunity. So I, I came to Ottawa, I worked almost two years uh, for the party and I, you know, did what I could to build a Rolodex. I went to as many events as possible.
0: That's really neat. And I suspect, I again, I haven't asked you this question before, but maybe that understanding of the political and legislative Framework helped with one of the next big chapters. I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, and that is uh, the establishment of uh, Hexo. Uh, As I indicated, uh, Adam, this was a GATNO based. uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what Hexo is, but a GATNO based company that uh, grew to you know multi billion dollar generation. Uh, And it would take Adam way too long. We could do like three episodes of Techopia Live. On Hexo, but um, Hexo is now owned uh, by I think it's Tilray, um, mm-hmm. and you would have uh, left the board of directors I think about a year ago. Well, more than a year ago. Uh, but anyway, tell tell me, you know, reflect back on what you accomplished at Hexo and perhaps the lessons learned.
1: Well, I, I think you're absolutely right, Michael. Uh, it's just so happened that my life has had this wonderful intersection with, with regulatory framework. And I like to think about it as, a, as an innovative way of doing business, because if you can do business and create businesses at that intersection of brand new regulation, you know really that's what we studied at ipolitics ipolitics was about the intersection of commerce and politics and you know getting to see that and and produce that sort of information on a daily basis then moving into a highly regulated but brand new regulatory framework like the cannabis space you know it was a really interesting way in fact if you if you keep playing the story forward, it was the exact same thing with Brain, a digital asset company. We were the second company in the country to get a license, a trust license for digital assets for the safe storage of them. And, and again, all of these have intersected at that really interesting junction of regulation meets commerce. And I really enjoy playing in that space where you can be the first, where you can do something new, where you can leverage you know experience and know-how in networks and really put yourself in a unique position. So thanks for calling that out. Um, but quickly to the Hexel story, you know, as we like saying, it was, a, it was an idea that was born about a campfire. I don't know if it gets more Canadian than that. Um, my brother-in-law, as I mentioned, Sebastian St. Louis was around a campfire when someone told him, you know, they just published in the Gazette that they're going to start issuing licenses, federal licenses for the production and sale of medical marijuana. And so I remember he, he pulled me aside at a little barbecue we were at and he said, I figured it out. I know what we're going to do together. And I'm like, great, because we had been spending a year at least looking at different businesses to start and things to do. And he said, we're going to grow cannabis. And I thought, get out of here. You're crazy. What are you even talking about? But it was a it was a real business in in a real space. It was brand new and it was a great opportunity for two 29 year olds to come at an industry with a level playing field. But there was nowhere else that we could come in. We didn't have the, cap, the same amount of capital that many others did. We didn't have the same experience or networks. And so for us, cannabis was a level playing field that gave, like I said, to 29-year-olds a shot at building a real billion-dollar company. And we took that.
0: That's And um, maybe play out the story a little bit without getting into all the details. As we said, uh, we could probably speak about this for hours and hours. So you you founded the company. You scaled it to remarkable Heights Adam. I, I mean hundreds, thousand plus employees. Uh and then I guess the sector is in a little bit of a uh of a consolidation mode, if 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 you would agree with
1: that sense. For sure. Okay, look, we we had this idea. We decided we were going to get together every day in my tiny little basement. It couldn't have been more than 150 square feet in where little Italy meets Chinatown in Ottawa. And we got together every day and worked late, 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 putting together an application, filling out a business plan doing designs of layouts of buildings and things. Like we just worked our butts off to come together to bring this idea to life. And, you know, almost a year later, we bought a farm Uh, and Masson-Angers made a lot of sense. We looked uh, all over the national capital region. Of course, hydro rates in Quebec are very, very lucrative and conducive to a a good business model. So uh, when we landed in Masson-Angers, we ended up acquiring a farm. And we really got to work. But it wasn't always great. It was a very, very hard journey. You know, we faced many challenges and ups and downs. As you may recall, some quarters, there was just money pouring into the sector. and other quarters, or almost years, it was just completely dry. And the way that the government licensing at that time worked is that they were granted in phases. And so there was a period of time where we had our license to grow. We were allowed to grow. We were allowed to store. But we weren't allowed to sell. And so for 18 months, we grew cannabis. We stored it in our underground vaults. We needed a staff of at least 25 to maintain security and operations and quality, but we weren't allowed to sell it. So for this period, which happened to coincide with a market downturn, we were stuck, unsure how to meet payroll, trying and struggling to try to convince people that this was going to be worth it. And at the time it was just medical, right? And it was just a medical industry. And so you know, I remember the night of the 2015 federal election. I, I threw a party, as I often like to do for politics, and Sebastian was there. And I remember I looked across the room at him after it was called that the Trudeau liberals won. And, of course, they had they had promised that they were going to legalize adult use recreational cannabis. And I looked at him and he looked at me and we just both felt the gravity of the situation of how quickly everything was going to change. And, and, you know, and I'll put that into perspective with the story. I remember we were public at this time. We had gone public before the, before the election. And, uh, I was in the office and I was looking at the stock and we didn't try to ever manage the company by the stock, but it's certainly something that you can't help look at from time to time. And I looked at it and I called our director of marketing and our head of investor relations. And I said, I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to hit a half a billion dollar valuation. I think we should throw a party. Can you start to plan something? And let's recognize the staff and let's do something fun. And let's let's have a party when we hit half a billion dollars. That was on a Thursday. By Tuesday the next week, we hit a billion-dollar valuation. We blew right past the half and went straight to the billion. And, and the industry was growing so quickly. And the, the frenzy around it was just palpable. So it really was a, a, a wild, exciting story. And as you said, we grew so big so quickly. You know, we ended up doing five, six major acquisitions. The last acquisition we did, we spent $950 million buying a private company. But on a personal note, something I do want to share is that, you know, we started this medical marijuana business knowing that we could help people, but also looking to build a business. It wasn't long after that my father, who was very young at the time, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And it just so happened that, right after we got our license to sell after those long hard 18 months i called my dad and i said we got the license i'm going to transfer you to the customer service you can be the first person to place the first order and he had been going through some pretty aggressive chemo and radiation and he placed an order he bought so much cannabis that the guy the customer service manager actually put him on hold coming back and said your dad's trying to order a ton of cannabis he said you're paying for it is that true And i said yeah 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 i'll pay for it then he told me how much it was i couldn't believe it and so anyways we sent that cannabis over to my dad i hopped on a plane a few days later and went and visited him and it was incredible to see firsthand you know this was a capitalist pursuit but we were doing something really meaningful and really powerful that you know for the first time in months he could sleep properly for the first time in months he had an appetite and, you know, it was just remarkable to see that that personal connection between doing what we did was able to help someone so near and dear to me like that. It's
0: very touching that uh, you're able to impact his uh, quality of life, uh, his and, and I guess many hundreds or thousands of other people, uh, Adam. But it's clearly, when you tell a story, I hope people get a sense that you are literally riding a rocket ship. Um, in a new industry with complex uh, legislative environment, and you know that that continues to this day. Uh, you know, I guess even with the purchase of of Hexo, uh, you know there's continue to be some consolidation and a and a deeper playing out of you know what the true market opportunity is. But uh, y- you must be uh, such a a more seasoned entrepreneur for having uh, lived through that
1: uh, Adam, and uh, experienced it firsthand. Yeah, I, I certainly feel that way. And you know, and that's why it's so wonderful for me to get to share these days lessons learned and often lessons learned through failure, right? Well, here's what I did and here's why it didn't work. Here's what I recommend you do. But, you know, um, I, I was really blessed actually after the Hexel story for me was starting to come to a close and and I realized that, I, you know, being a builder, being an entrepreneur, I'll share with you, Michael, there was this one boardroom meeting where it really hit me. And we had filled our senior leadership teams out so well. We had seasoned executives in all the key roles, all of the roles that I once had, COO, chief marketing officer, chief product officer. I I hired people smarter and better than me at each of these roles and had them in these places. And we were having this 45-minute long meeting about pallet size because we had uh, half a dozen uh, logistics centers of our own across the country and there was a dispute about pallet sizes and which size the problem. and i thought nothing could possibly be boring me more than this conversation about the size of pallets i said i this company needs operators not builders right now and and that's when it hit me like it's time for me to go build something new
0: yeah yeah it's 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 you know something that a lot of other co-founders founders have shared too right they they know when they're when their time, their opportunity to add real value to a company is maybe passing and, and that as you said, professional managers uh, should step in. Well, listen, Adam, this has been a great start to the interview. We're going to pause here for a second to recognize our sponsor. And When we come back, we're going to talk all about Invest Ottawa. So once again, we'll uh, press pause on this, uh, recognize the sponsor of this episode, the University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering.
1: One of the resources that many local tech firms are turning to is the University of Ottawa's Faculty of Engineering, which is one of the supporters of Techopia Live. And there's an opportunity for local companies to solve technical challenges through research partnerships at the University of Ottawa. The faculty's researchers are focused on applying their expertise to tackle real world problems and are keen to work with businesses to bring these solutions to market. So these collaborations can unlock funding opportunities as well as lead to grants for hiring PhD students. Companies can also access labs, specific equipment and gain access to world leading researchers. And you can learn more about the opportunities available to local firms at engineering.uottawa.ca.
0: All right, we're back talking to Adam Miro. And as promised, we're going to talk about Invest Ottawa, the city's uh, largest economic development partner. Adam, you became uh, chair, I think, in June. Let's start off by just
1: saying, you know, why? Why did that interest you? You know, I've I have a lifelong passion for helping businesses grow. You, you've heard me talk about it, even just in this interview. It's the, it's one of my favorite things to do is is to talk about business and scaling businesses, and it's one thing to be able to do that as an individual, uh, but when you think about that from an organizational perspective, you know, Invest Ottawa really is the Rolls Royce. Of organizations that support, promote, and grow jobs and businesses here in the National Capital Region. And so, you know, the opportunity for me to be a part of something so powerful, so effective, really is an honor. And it fits so well with what it is that I'm looking to do. You know, as I mentioned, I recently sold Brain. Uh, I have some time, and, and I really do want to focus on community building. I really want to focus on giving back in meaningful ways. And, you know, I find my time at Invest Ottawa to be so rewarding. Um, one of the things that, that that's sort of really interesting is that the, the very first business I started after I left politics here in Ottawa, the first business I started in Ottawa was actually a recipient of some of the mentorship through Invest Ottawa. Of course, it was called Oakry at the time. But, you know, I went through the program. We had the mentor. It made a huge difference. And so I saw firsthand what that is. And, and I'm grateful for the organization and, and happy to give back.
0: I did not know that. Okay. So you, you experienced firsthand uh, some of the benefits and, that's and right. of course, uh, Adam, you're at invest Ottawa at a really interesting time, as I said, in the intro, and that's because it's president and CEO. When, when you came on board, Michael Trombley stepped down to take a fascinating job at Callion. So we didn't lose Michael. We just moved him a little bit further west. I don't know if physically he moved west, but anyway, g- give us the update on the executive search invest Ottawa is
1: looking for a new president and CEO. Yeah, that's right. Look, I, I want to start just by saying, you know, Invest Ottawa does many things, right? And I think it's important that we sort of have a, a good general understanding of all the things that it does, because what's unique to Invest Ottawa, unlike anywhere else in Canada, is that we also lead foreign direct investment and global expansion. Whereas often you'll see that those are separate entities and organizations in just about any other city across the country. Um, you know, in addition to foreign direct investment and global expansion, we run an excellent facility for startups and enterprises at Bayview Yards, uh, one of my favorite places, co-working spaces in the city. We run Area XO for drones and autonomous vehicles. We do talent recruitment, which many people don't know, and of course, we help entrepreneurs through venture development. Uh, I'd love to talk to you more about venture development because it's really where my heart is in all of this. And I think that it's part of the equation that speaks to me most. One, as I said, I was the recipient of some of this venture development. Um, but two, I think for us as an organization to be able to get our hands dirty with our sleeves rolled up, helping businesses grow and scale is one of the most powerful things we can do from a return on investment for the money that's so generously brought to us as as an organization. So I'm really happy to see the level of conversion, to see the level of ROI that happens from from every dollar that gets put into Invest Ottawa of how that gets paid back out through jobs and and industry creation. Um, But specifically to the search, as you'd asked, you know, we we partnered with Boyden. We have a, a search open now for a president and CEO. And we are hoping that we get a a good long list of interested candidates. So if you're interested in running one of the leading economic development agencies in the city, uh, a very important organization across the country, please take a look online and consider applying for the job.
0: Okay. I, I didn't actually check, or maybe I have. It's actually on the Invest Ottawa website, I presume or the Boyden website at the, the, anyway, Google it, you'll find it. There's this thing called Google. (laughs) You can find all all sorts of fascinating things on the internet. You heard it here first. Uh, And Adam, in this uh, time of transition, I guess I wanted to check back. And I heard part of your answer there just a second ago about venture development. And I think, by the way, I think Invest Ottawa in watching the organization through many, many years uh, as Invest Ottawa, as OCRI, I think we could agree that it is more hands-on with entrepreneurs that specifically, you know, the work that Nick Queen's doing at the accelerator and that, but what gets you uh, particularly excited when you, when you're going to a board meeting and you're sitting there with your other board members, what is the, you know, the, in fact, Michael Trummel used the word, use the word moonshot. What's the
1: moonshot for Invest Ottawa? Yeah, I, I think those are two great questions. You know, what, what gets me most excited to sit down with the board and, and ask management and have those conversations are impact. I think that it really is impressive to see the impact that Invest Ottawa has on our community. But, you know, the moonshot, which, which is also exciting and interesting, of course, is Area XO for drones and autonomous vehicles. In that strategic refresh that Invest Ottawa did prior to me joining, we really did sort of say, where are we focusing our priorities? What can we make Ottawa world-class at? And when it comes to drones and autonomous vehicles and robotics, we really felt that there was such an incredible opportunity for Ottawa, given its unique position geographically, and of course, proximity to the federal government, and with everything else, that is at play for us, we really believe that for drones and autonomous vehicles through Area X.0, we can become a world leader. And that with, you know, in a single sentence is our moonshot. Okay.
0: Uh, Adam, I wanted to ask, maybe this might be the last question, then we'll, we'll start wrapping up. But just do you, everyone seems to me to always be asking the question, what's going on in Ottawa? How are we doing? You know, what stage are we at? How do we compare to where we were at 20 years ago? Uh, I don't know, uh, some people have called it navel gazing by the way, and they might be right, but as, as someone that is coaching entrepreneurs, as someone who is co-chairing in invest Ottawa, give me your sense of how Ottawa's, I'll guess we'll say technology innovation
1: ecosystem is doing right now. You know, without a doubt, entrepreneurship is on the rise. You know, in fact, this, there was a great OBJ article on this. In fact, it may have been one of the most read articles if I recall correctly, but you know, our ignition bootcamp, a 10 week program to help startup founders workshop their ideas and create a solid business foundation while connecting them with local resources. I, I mean, this really helps early stage founders, usually at the idea or prototype stage of their business. You know, we usually can take 15 to 20 applicants for this we had 70 applications for cohort 21 that started in september past we had 90 applications for the current ignition cohort that started in january and already you know for april we're seeing off the chart numbers come in so i think statistically we can say regardless of navel gazing entrepreneurship is on the rise and we've seen that in the number of people coming forward with ideas saying i want to learn i want to grow what can you do to help me? And, and I'm just so pleased that Invest Ottawa is right there to help these people run these programs and really sort of pave the way for this incredible entrepreneurship that, that's clearly on the rise.
0: Quite quite literally answering the call and um, Invest, uh, it, those entrepreneurs need that type of support. You know, sometimes it's just a little bit of a vague idea and they need some help crystallizing it and, and really making a more solid Uh, Business plan, and I'm I'm sorry we're we've come to the end of our time here. Uh, I've so much enjoyed our conversation, but before we wrap up, as is customary on Techopia Live, we're going to ask you our uh, "Building a Better Working World" question, brought to you by our friends at EY.
1: I wanna build a better world where we help each other out more. Mentorship and guidance are such important factors in growing a business. I've known this and lived this firsthand that it's such an easy way for us to help create a better world. I encourage everyone to find a business you care about, one that shares your values, pick up the phone, send an email, and offer to lend a hand. So many of us have experiences, knowledge, and networks that can really help, especially when we build long-term relationships with with these companies. That's where the magic happens.
0: And that is uh, very uh, apropos to Ottawa. That is the culture of Ottawa, I think, and entrepreneurship as well. But it is a paying paying forward type thing. You're doing that clearly, Adam, in uh, using all of that uh, political and media and new media and marijuana industry and all that. You're, you're paying it all forward, trying to bring all those lessons to a new generation of entrepreneurs. So thank you for that. And thank you for what you're doing to help build our city. We really appreciate your time uh, today, Adam.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Well, I hope to see you real soon, maybe around Bayview Yard where OBJ is often working these days. So uh, we'll see you at uh, Bayview. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Adam. And as we uh, wrap up, let's take a look at some of the other great companies that champion our Techopia project. Techopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as EY, Building a Better Working World, Number Crunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies, Pearlie Robertson Hill and McDougall, a leader in business and technology sector law, TD Bank, specialized programs for technology companies, the University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent, Techopia is not only a podcast, we post new articles daily at obj.ca slash techopia. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. All right, as we wrap up, one more thank you to Adam, Miro, and all of the tech sector leaders, by the way, that are stepping up and really showing some leadership to try to push this uh, city forward. We Really appreciate that. Uh, Listen, I wanted to give a little bit of a preview of a project that will debut in April. It will be the second ever Techopia EY Insights magazine. Uh, we're working with players across the city, including Invest Ottawa, uh, by the way, to produce a great publication, both online and printed and hosted at a big party. I'll share some Uh, more info on that party as we draw closer. So keep your eyes open if you want to check out the last version of Techopia EY, which is still uh, very relevant to what's happening in the city today. You can go to Techopia EY Insights. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I want to thank you for watching and your listening. Hoping Techopia is helping keep you connected and informed. Let's keep building Ottawa's technology utopia. That is Techopia. See you soon. Bye-bye, everyone.